Well, hopefully you're receptive and ready to receive something from the Word of God. We're so glad that you're joining us. If uh, you don't know me, I'm Daniel. I'm the lead pastor here at Elevation. It's so jo- such a joyous thing to be in the house of the Lord, isn't it? Come on. You've experienced life without the house of the Lord early in March. It's better in the house of the Lord, isn't it? Come on. And so we're just grateful to God that we're here today because we have something to, to learn. We have, we have a place where God wants to intersect our lives. And as we keep pressing in, I have just a short message today, but I want to spend a little time a little bit later on. We're going to do some prayer. We're going to have some, uh, just some space to allow God to move and speak to us. And so we're going to keep going. And, and so hopefully you ate your Wheaties today. Uh, I hear that that's good for you. I mean, they say Olympians do it. Uh, I'm not sure that's true. Uh, do you think Olympians actually eat Wheaties? I, I don't know if that's true, but, but, you know, they've convinced us of this fact. At least they did when I was growing up. Um, but, you know, I want to continue with our series today. Uh, we're in a series that's called The Pursuit of Presence. And uh, if you've missed any of those installments, where we, we have them all kind of cataloged online for you. If you have our app, you can go there. If you don't, you can download it, Elevation Church STL. Get the app, and you can find all of those messages to get caught up. But I'll give you just a little bit to get you going, um, because I think this series is so important to our lives. Because isn't it true that the world seems increasingly more and more hostile to our faith? Doesn't it seem like that the world is increasingly, it just seems like it's designed to bring havoc to our soul. Do you know what I mean? It just seems that we're living in very challenging times that people have access to our soul at any point during the day, especially through technology and a variety of things. And so for me, I feel like we need this series more than ever, that we really do need to press in and experience the presence of God, because ultimately when we do, we find what we need. And so today we're going to press in a little bit more. But before I do, I want to share with you a, a, a passage of scripture. This is the series verse really for the entire series. It comes out of Psalm 84 verse 7. If you've been here, you've probably heard this and maybe you've even said it to memory. But here is the verse. They go from strength to strength. Who's they? The people moving towards God. The people moving towards Jerusalem. The people moving towards Zion. The people moving towards the house of the Lord. The Bible says that you go from strength to strength. And the amplified version says increasing in victorious power. I know I need that, and I know you need that, whether you know it or not. And so as we appear, as we appear before the Lord, as we be- appear before God and Zion, the Bible says that it, we continue to, to grow in strength to strength. So imagine a life where you, you are ever and always increasing in victorious power. That is, in a nutshell, what we've been talking about for the last few weeks. Now, we've talked about how in order to get to God, we've got to be headed in the right direction. That makes sense to us. We have to be obedient to the things that he's told us to do. And and in addition to that, we have to understand that God has revealed himself to us in a variety of ways. He's revealed his presence to us through what we call his omnipresence. In other words, his presence that's everywhere. It's always there. It's it's everywhere. Yes, it's in your house. It's in your bathroom. And some of you are like, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, it's true. God sees everything. Come on. Some of you are a little creeped out at this point. But God sees everything. 
The Bible says that we also can have his inner presence because Jesus says that when he left, when he died for our sins, he sent the Holy Spirit to live inside us. That means that we have the very presence of God inside us. So today, if you've said yes to Jesus, in other words, you've entered into a relationship with Jesus, you have his presence, his inner presence living in you. And then we talked about this important factor that I think sometimes gets lost in the Christian experience, and that is his manifest presence. In other words, that the presence of God in an observable way is present in our life. What I found is a lot of Christians don't go to that third place. We're good with the omni. We're good with the inner. We're a little uncomfortable with the manifest. And so what I've asked you to do is as we move through this series is just believe that it's possible. Would you believe that it's possible today that God wants to meet with you? That God wants to intersect your life in such a way that you would not only know about God, but that you would know him intimately. See, that's what God wants. That's what God wants for us. And so I know that you're very comfortable at this point, and I don't really like that because what happens when you're comfortable is you start to nod off. And we don't like that, do we? We don't like that at all. So I want to invite you to stand up for a moment. Some of you are like, I was just getting comfortable. That's okay. That's okay. Let's go ahead and stand up. I want to read to you out of Psalm 84. We stand as just a way of honoring the scripture because we believe that it's the word of God. And so today I want to read Psalm 84, starting in verse 1, and I'm going to read through verse 12. Listen to this. How lovely are your tabernacles, O Lord of hosts. Listen to this. My soul yearns, yes, even pines, and it's homesick. For the courts of the Lord, my heart and my flesh cry out and sing for joy to the living God. I don't know if you feel that way today, but the Bible says that if we will press in, we will have these emotions. Then verse three, yes, the sparrow has found a house and the swallow a nest for herself where she may lay her young, even your altar, O Lord of hosts, my king and my God. What he's saying is that that, that even the birds are finding a home on God's altar, in God's presence. Then he goes on to say in verse four, blessed. Listen, the, the Amplified says, happy, fortunate to be envied. Blessed are those who dwell in your house and your presence. In other words, if you dwell in the presence in the house of the Lord, the Bible says that you're blessed, that you are envied, that you are happy, that you are fortunate. Verse 5, blessed, happy, fortunate to be envied is the man or woman whose strength is in you and whose heart, look at this, in whose heart are on the highways to Zion. We're moving towards God, passing through the valley of weeping. They make a place of springs. The early rain also fills the pools with blessings. In other words, in the parched and difficult land, God brings refreshing. Come on. Verse 7. They go from strength to strength. Remember this? Increasing in victorious power, each of them appear before God in Zion. O Lord of hosts, hear my prayer. Give ear, O God of Jacob. And then he says, Selah. You know what that means? It means to pause and to calmly think about what you just read. Verse 9. Behold our shield, the king, the king as your agent. O God, and look upon the face of your anointed. For a day in your court is better than a thousand elsewhere. 
I would rather be a doorkeeper and stand at the threshold in the house of my God than to dwell in the tent of the wicked. For the Lord God is a sun. He's warmth and he's a shield to protect me. The Lord bestows present grace and favor and future glory, honor, splendor, and heavenly bliss upon us. No good thing will he withhold from those who walk uprightly. Come on. Oh, Lord of hosts, blessed, happy, fortunate, and to be envied. Woo-wee is the man who trusts in you. Come on, leaning and believing on you, committing all things confidently and looking to you that we might not fear, that we might not fear anything. See, any challenge we face can be faced with the presence of God or without him. And I choose to face it with his presence. And my heart for you is that you would, God, I ask that you would bless the reading of your word, that it would be nourishment and food, good seed falling on good soil for your people. In Jesus' name, amen. I invite you to sit down. Well, that's a good way to start. Matter of fact, you imagine getting out of bed in the morning and just reading that. That will help you. That'll help you get out of bed in the morning. That'll help you face the day a little bit. You know, it's, it's true that over the last few weeks, we've talked about more and more about his presence and how we get in his presence and how we keep his presence. And I was so practical. I was like, here are 10 ways to help you get into the manifest presence of God. And you guys were like eating it up, I'm sure. And you were writing notes just feverishly. You were just, I mean, you couldn't even contain it, you know. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You guys with me? All right. Today, I want to shift a little bit. I want to pivot back to Psalm 84 because we kind of meandered around Psalm 84, but we're going to dig into Psalm 84. And one of the things I've asked you to do is keep reading Psalm 84 as we go through this entire series. And so keep reading Psalm 84, keep going over it, meditate on it. But over the next three weeks, I want to talk about three promises that come out of Psalm 84. There are three promises that I want you to see, and today we're going to start with the first one, and that is renewal. In other words, that the Bible says that there is a promise of renewal in God's presence. Next week, we'll talk about the promise of protection in God's presence, and the next will be, we'll talk about God's blessing in God's presence. So that's what we're going to be dealing with over the next few weeks, but today I want to talk about renewal. Now, you know the opposite of renewal, don't you? It's, it's, it's not good. <laughs> it, it's not good. It's, if you look up, you know, the, in a thesaurus and you look for, for the opposites, you, you will find that, that these are some of the words. Destruction, exhaustion, impoverishment. Now, anybody want some of that in their life? No, we don't. It's the opposite of what we want. It's the opposite, honestly, of what God wants to give us. But here's the thing I know about my life and I know it about other people's lives is sometimes what happens is that we want God's presence. We say we want it. We want his blessings. We're unwilling to do the things we need to do to get it. And then what happens is we end up in the impoverished place, that our spirit is weak. That, that our mind has become consumed with the things of this world. Perhaps you even feel exhausted. Have you felt exhausted over the last eight months at any point? <laughs> yeah. 
You know, have you felt exhausted? Have you felt defeated? Have you felt like you were in a place of impoverished? Have you had a scarcity mindset? A scarcity mindset that doesn't come from God? God is a God of abundance. And when we grab hold of a scarcity mindset, it has nothing to do with God. But what happens is sometimes we start to, 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 to move away from God's presence and we experience destruction, exhaustion, impoverishment, and that is not God's plan for you today. And so for, for a moment, I want to just talk about the promise of renewal that comes from God's presence. This is so good because I love the fact that when we do it God's ways, his promises come to pass in our lives. His promises come to pass. And so the promise of renewal is available to you and to me today. Do you believe that? And that's what I want you to see. See, renewal means rebirth. It means regeneration. It means rejuvenation. It means restoration. It means revival. Come on. It means resurrection. That's so good. I mean, if you say resurrection, you've got to give, dig deep for resurrection. You've got to be like, resurrection. Because it's something so massive to our, to our lives. Because some of us are walking in here and we're dead men and dead women walking. And God has said, come on. I've offered you something different. Whatever you're experiencing today that's less than that, you need to move towards me because I have what you need. We all need to be renewed. Maybe you're here today and you say, Pastor, I'm fine. I'm good. I don't need any renewal today. Well, that's great. But here's the thing I know. You will. Jesus promises that. And if you don't know how to tap into the renewal of God through his presence, what will happen is in the middle of a pandemic, you might lose it. In the middle of an election, you might lose it. In the middle of challenges that we face in our city, you might lose it, you see. God doesn't want you to lose it. God wants you to have it all the time. That it's something that is in your life forever, always See, doesn't that what it says? Imagine always and ever increasing in victorious power. See, that's what we need. And so we all need that. Listen to this in Psalm 23. You've probably read it before. Psalm 23, verse 3. I love this. He refreshes and restores my life. He refreshes and restores my life. I love the fact that my God refreshes and restores my life. He leads me in the paths of righteousness, not wickedness, uprightness and right standing with him, not in my earning it, but listen, but in for his name's sake. In other words, he brings these things to pass because of who he is and he can do no other. He is exactly who he says he is and he will do exactly what he says he'll do. And so it's by his name's sake that the promises of refreshing and restoring will come into my life. All I have to do is move towards him is what the Bible says. These are promises. And I, I wonder sometimes if we really believe it. Like if I get you all frothy mouthed and, and hyped up, you'll be like, yeah, yeah, I believe it in Jesus name. But then when you get in the quietness of your home, you begin to forget. You begin to forget. You begin to forget that God can bring renewal into your life in a moment. The things that, that sometimes we think takes two or three or four weeks of vacation, God can do in a moment. God can do in a moment. He is the God of renewal. 
He is the one that has the ability to turn it all around. He is the one that gives us the ability to fight off the troops and leap over the walls. This is the God that we serve. See, I love the way that A.W. Tozer wrote this. I don't know if you've ever read Tozer. Uh, if you would like to read him, uh, I think you should. Uh, he, he is a man of God that, that, that um, he, he swims in a deep pool. And if you're looking for a deep pool, read some Tozer. Read, read. Matter of fact, he has a book called The Pursuit. No, not The Pursuit of Presence. He has the book called The Pursuit of God. And it's so powerful. You got to check it out. But this is something he said about the presence of God. I want to read it to you. Listen to this. For it is not mere words that nourish the soul, but God himself And unless and until the hearer find God in personal, listen to this, in personal experience, they are not the better for having heard the truth. What is he trying to get at? He's trying to get at is that you can hear all the right things. You can know things about God and not experience those things in your life. And what he's saying is that that's a tragedy. Why would you want to know things about God and not experience it for yourself? Why is it that you get excited when someone else is having an encounter with God or an experience with God? You're like, wow, that's good. But deep down, you're like, I wish I had it. I wish I had that in my life. And here's the thing you can, can, can you have to see is you can. He goes on to say the Bible is not an end in itself, but a means to bring men and women to intimate and satisfying knowledge of God that they may enter into him, that they may delight in his presence. Listen to this. May, may taste and know the inner sweetness of the very God himself in the core and center of their hearts. Whoa. Guys, that's depth. That's something that some of us don't have today. And God is saying, come and see, taste and see, get to know me, enter into my presence and watch what will happen. You will begin to have personal experiences with God. See, that's depth, friends. That's some depth. That's the thing that God wants us to see. See, pastor, I hear you saying this stuff over and over again. Matter of fact, I've been here for the last six weeks And I feel like you've just been saying the same thing over and over and over again. Perhaps you've felt that way. I don't know. But here's the thing. Just because something's complicated or layered or hard to understand doesn't necessarily mean it's good. I actually think simple's better. You know why I think simple's better? Straightforward, clear? Because it's easier to put into practice. That's the key word practice, application, practice, application. You get it? See, what happens is we move from just knowing stuff about God to having our own experiences with God. We move from just knowing stuff. Yeah, pastor, I hear it. Yeah, move towards his presence. Go to his presence. This is good. You need his presence. Thank you, pastor. Thank you, pastor. Thank you, pastor. But what did you do this week? Did you move towards him? Did you put into play anything that I told you to put into play? Did you try one new thing? Did you begin to move towards God's intentionally move towards him or not? And until that happens, I'll just keep repeating myself. Because I'm not here to be popular. I'm not even here to be liked. I'm just here to tell you what the word of God says. And as a shepherd, my job is to help the sheep get what they need to get. 
And if we got to go to school again, if we got to do another lap because we're not getting it, then that's what it means. Because ultimately, I want you to have what A.W. Tozer is talking about. And my friends, that doesn't come from just learning stuff. That comes from time in. And so the psalm tells us that renewal comes in God's presence, doesn't it? That renewal comes in God's presence. See, the Bible tells us that we have an enemy. You've heard me say that before. Probably heard me say that a hundred times. But some of us forget. (laughs) Some of us go out of here and we forget that we have a spiritual enemy. The Bible says that the thief comes only to order, only in order to steal, kill, and destroy. And Jesus says, I came that they may have and enjoy life and have it to what? The abundance, right? To the abundance. And see what happens is I say that and you're like, well, yeah, I've never seen the enemy do that. I, you know, but here's the problem. Because you're thinking the enemy shows up with a little red hat and some horns. I can't see him. I never saw his beady little eyes and tail. And so we don't think he's active. My friends, he's active. You know what he wants? He wants your joy. He wants your peace. He wants your faith. He wants to be able to steal everything. Matter of fact, I would say one of the the, the most uh, insidious enemies to your soul is busyness. Because isn't busyness the thing that distracts us? We just get busy. We get busy and and our first love begins to wane with God and, and even sometimes in our relationships that we say are the most important relationships. We get busy and the enemy loves it. Every time you get busy and get distracted, the enemy is winning. You see this? So it's not just that he shows up in a big poof on your shoulder. It's he comes and he steals your joy and he steals everything that God wants to give by getting you busy, getting you distracted, and getting you caught up in unforgiveness. These three things are some of the worst things that can grab hold of you and the enemy loves every minute of it because he's stealing everything and killing everything and destroying everything that God wants to bring into your life. And then we sang about it earlier. You heard the yes and amen. Some of you are like, I don't even know why I'm saying this. I don't even know what this means. Yes and amen. What does this mean? Listen to this. In 2 Corinthians 1.10, or I mean one twenty, For as many as are the promises of God, they all find their yes in Christ. Do you see it? All of these promises that are many find their yes in Christ. For this reason, we also utter an amen. Amen means what? So be it. So in other words, that there are these promises and that if you're in Christ today, they're for you. Not only are they for you, but when they're being challenged by the enemy, you can stand up and say, no, amen, amen. These things will be in my life. I will not allow these things to steal what God wants to give me. Don't live less than what God wants to bring into your life. We live less than when we choose to do it. God wants you to choose the right thing because did you see what Jesus wants to bring? Jesus wants to overflow your life with his presence. I need some overflow of Jesus in my life. 
I need some overflow to face the day sometimes. I needed some overflow to deal with some difficult people. Come on. I need some overflow in my life to deal with that project or that situation. I need some overflow. Come on, to love my wife the way Christ loves the church. I need some overflow to be the man of God that I need to be for my children. I need some overflow today. And so do you. Because if you try to do it in your own power, in your own abilities, in your own strength, it won't come to pass. You have to get hold of God. He will give you what you need. That is what God says. See, it's because of who he is. It's because of who he is that his promises are true. See, it's because of who God is, not because of who we are, that we can receive the promises of God. God's promises don't have anything to do with you delivering them. All you have to do is believe that they're possible. That's it. That's what God asks of you. And he will bring these things to pass in Jesus' name. Now back to Psalm 84. Look at Psalm 84 again, verse 5 through 7. Come on, I told you we're going to dig into this psalm. He says in verse 5, blessed, happy, fortunate to be envied is the man or woman whose what? Whose strength is in who? You. Not you. Capital Y, you. That means God. That your hope is in God. That, That you know that whatever you're trying to lift, come on, stay with me. Whatever you're trying to lift today that's heavy, that's outside of your ability to lift, God is your strength. Come on. He is your strength today. You can't do it without him, but you can do it with him. Don't ever deceive yourself into thinking that your biceps are strong enough, that your back is sturdy enough, because you will throw your back out when you try to carry things you're not supposed to carry. Somebody in the room, that's some revelation to your soul. Then he goes on, he says, in whose heart are the highways to Zion. I like that. I always, have you ever been to Fort Myer, Florida? You ever been there? Have you ever been to like a smaller town in Florida? I, I, it's so amazing to me. They have the most stoplights in the entire continental USA. Like everything is just spread out and there's a stoplight everywhere. And it feels like to get anywhere, it takes like at least 30 minutes to get anywhere because you're hitting the lights, you're hitting the traffic. It's just, it's like for the love of God, could you have a highway? And so here's the thing. Many of us have all these stoplights in our life. We start, we stop, we start, we stop, we start, we stop. And those stoplights are like distractions They're things that get in the way. They're they're, they're beliefs that we have. And these stoplights keep us from getting a flow. And isn't it nice when you get on a highway and you've been hitting those stoplights? You hit the gas and you're like, yeah, come on. I rented a really nice car when I was in Fort Myer recently. And it was like it had a Hemi engine in it. I tell you what, when I got on the highway, you know, I just barely pushed it. I, I obeyed all traffic laws. I put the floor down, boy. I was like, and that hemi was like, and I was gone, man. It was so good. It was so good. But see, that's what God wants to give you. He doesn't want you distracted. He doesn't want you stopping at every light. He wants you going for it. He wants you flowing in his spirit so that you can get the speed that he wants you to get so that he can get you to where you need to go faster than you can do on your own. 
See, this is what God is trying to do for you. This is what God is trying to get into your life. So stop trying to do it yourself. Recognize that there's a highway to Zion and it's his presence. Woo, come on. God, we thank you. Passing through the valley of weeping, they make places of spring. Do you see what's happening? He's saying, in your weeping, perhaps you weep this year. Perhaps you were all over the place this year. Perhaps your emotions consumed you all over the place. But the Bible says that God will bring a refreshing rain in your parched land. Wherever you're struggling today, God wants to bring this refreshing, these pools of blessing into your life. And they go from, you heard it, from strength to strength. There it is again, that we're going from strength to strength, increasing in victorious power. Come on, all of us that appear before God in Zion, all of us that appear before God in this house, that we will experience the presence of God and that we will receive a strength to strength life if we simply reach for it. See, the point of the pilgrimage is what? It's his presence. That's why we're even on the journey. It's not to get stuff. It's to get him. Because, see, when we get him, we get everything. Forget the stuff. You don't think God can give you stuff? You get his presence and you've got everything. See, the Lord is close to the brokenhearted. Did you know that? If you're brokenhearted today, all you need is his presence. That's all you need. He can heal you in a moment. I believe it. The Lord brings renewal. Come on. In the pain. Because see, God doesn't always take away the pain. The Bible says that Jesus is with us in the pain. And that when we reach for him in the pain, what God does is he begins to redeem the pain. He begins to do something with it. He begins to form in you a new character. A new layer of strength that you might stand before the world different and that you might bring glory to his name. See, the Lord moves us to strength, to strength. And so I ask you this question. How would your life be different if you applied this? You know, not how would your life be different if you heard it, but how would your life be different if you applied it? See, let me, let me simplify it for you. More presence, more renewal. See how simple that is? More presence, more renewal. Tattoo it on your body. Just kidding, go do that. Write it on your mirror. Write it on a little posty note somewhere in your house. Write it in your Bible. Write it in your journal. But more presence means more renewal. That's what you need. That's what I need. Now, I don't know if you know this, but it seems like in the, in the news today and in our world today, we're always fighting over uh, energy, aren't we? We're fighting over whether we should have oil or coal or, or little twirly things that spin around or, or sun that heats our home or, or, you know, whatever. They're coming up with all kinds of things. I've always thought that we should figure out how they fueled the, 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 the DeLorean in Back to the Future. <laughs> I loved when, when the, 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 what's his name, uh, the teacher, what's his name, the old dude. Yeah, Doc, he shows up before they're going to the second movie and he's throwing trash in the DeLorean. And the trash is somehow fueling this DeLorean. It's amazing. It's like a, a renewable energy that we all have and we need it. We all have trash. So, I mean, just and I'm sure they're working on this stuff. But but here's the thing I want you to see with God. It's a renewable energy. You see, like it, it never is depleted. Like we will never run out of God. 
Like, we'll run out of oil, probably. I don't know if we'll run out of the sun, because if we do, we're all dead. But we're going to run out of stuff. In other words, I just want you to see the difference. You're not renewable. God is. And through God, he brings renewed lives. See, he is the renewable energy. He is the one that can bring this into our life, and he's never depleted. He can bring it into your marriage. He can bring it into your relationships. He can bring it into your work. He can bring it into your health today. He is the one that brings renewable energy and power, strength to strength, into your life. We can overcome simply because he is in our life. It is the abundance of Jesus that he promises yes and amen to anybody that wants it. See, our strength, listen, listen, our strength is a renewable resource because of the refreshing that comes from God. In dark times, refreshing. In difficult times, refreshing. In situations that you don't know what to do, refreshing. God brings a flood. He begins to bring a flood to your dry land. The autumn rain begins to just quench this, this, this drought that you've been experiencing simply because of his presence. He is the renewable source that brings strength to our life, my friends. That is good news. It is never depleted, always ever increasing. That is the God that we serve. That is the God that we serve. I want to pray for us. God, we come to your presence right now. Lord, we need your presence. We've tried to do it on our own, and we can't. And so, Lord, right now, in the name of Jesus, I ask that you would be the renewable resource that you would be the renewable energy that we need. If that's you, if you're like, I'm depleted, I've been trying to do it on my own, I've been trying to lift this thing, just simply say to the Lord, say, Lord, I'm sorry. Would you forgive me? I need your help. And so I'm going to stop trying to do it, and I'm going to surrender again to you and to your power. And so, Lord, would you renew me where I need renewal? God, would you bring renewal? You promise renewal for your people. So would you just begin to bring it to pass? In Jesus' name we ask it. With heads bowed and eyes closed, I want to continue praying a little bit. One of the intentional meanings, meanings of renewal is rebirth. In John chapter 3, verse 3, we read that Jesus answered And he said this to this particular teacher of the law. I assure you most solemnly. I tell you this, that unless a person is born again, renewed, see it above. He cannot ever see, know, be acquainted with and experience the kingdom of God. And see what I'm trying to get you to see today is that if you don't have a relationship with Jesus, everything I've been talking about is not possible because you can't do it without him. But the Bible says that Jesus Christ came into this world as a baby. He grew into a man. 
He died a brutal death on a cross for you so that you could be forgiven of your sins. Three days in the tomb, he was raised. We call it the resurrection. No other faith or religion in this world claims that. Jesus Christ beat death and sin for you. And the Bible says not only has he done that for you, but eventually he'll come back again. That is what the, that's what the church calls the gospel. And so I just want to ask you today, is that your story? Have you been grafted into that? Have you put your faith and trust in Jesus so that you can become a part of the family and begin to experience the renewal, the rebirth that comes from a relationship with Jesus? And if you haven't, I want to be able to pray for you today. And so everybody, we're going to all pray together. But if, if you're here today and that is your prayer, I just want to encourage you to repeat this prayer with me as well. And so let's all pray this prayer together. Heavenly Father, I need you. I can't do it without you. I believe that your son did what he did. I believe he died on a cross. I believe he was resurrected. I accept him as my savior. I repent of my sins. I invite him to be Lord of my life. Fill me with your presence. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.